before we get going, here's the bit where I remind you that nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets. You're about to listen to a special preview edition of The Endgame featuring Bill Fleckenstein and our very special guest, Greg Jensen, the co-CIO of Bridgewater Associates. Now, in this follow-up to a conversation the three of us had a year ago, Greg revisits his remarkably prescient assessment of how he saw the last 12 months unfolding way back in 2021. And he gives us an update as to his thinking as things heat up as we move towards the inevitable endgame. Now, I'm going to make our previous conversation available to everybody, and I would encourage you to give it a listen, because even though the conversation took place a year ago, there is a remarkable amount of information contained within it that remains incredibly useful to this day. You'll find that if you visit my website, grant-williams.com, and search the Endgame podcast series for our conversation from July 29th of last year. Alternatively, and I apologize for the tricky link, you can type in uh, www.grant-williams.com, slash podcast slash the hyphen end hyphen game hyphen ep hyphen 24 hyphen greg hyphen jensen and again i apologize for that the easiest way is to go to grant-williams.com click on podcast go to the end game series and search for greg jensen you'll find it uh, there in chronological order july 29th every episode of the grant williams podcast including the end game the super terrific happy hour, the narrative game, this week in Doom, and shifts happen is available to copper and silver tier subscribers at my website grant-williams.com. Copper tier subscribers get access to all the podcasts, while members of the silver tier get both the podcasts and my monthly newsletter, Things That Make You Go Hmm. So, if you enjoy what you hear on the show and you want more high quality content like it, then please do make your way over to grant-williams.com and join our exciting community today. And with that, on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The End Game. Joining me, as always, on our quest for who knows what is the man in Seattle himself, Bill Fleckenstein. How are you, my friend? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, mate? I am doing just fine. Thank you very much. We have a, a returning guest today, which is always good fun to talk about what we said then and how it's played out. And I have to say, the gentleman joining us, Greg Jensen, the co-CIO of Bridgewater, absolutely nailed it when we had a conversation with him just uh, just under a year ago, Bill. Yeah, they had the right framework, and um, it'll be interesting to see how they navigated this period, given the you know the large asset base they have, and given how tricky it's been. You know, what are some of the tricks they have up their sleeve? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, listening again to that conversation from last year, it was amazing, actually, what Greg said and how much of it played out. So, I would urge anybody listening to this to perhaps go back and listen to that again before we have this conversation. It's, it's well worth your time. But let's not waste any more time dwelling on the past, Bill. What do you say we uh, we bring Greg in and see what he's got to say now? Yeah, let's get after it. Well, Greg, welcome back to the End Game. It's uh, it's good to see you again. Well, good to see you. It's funny, you know, uh, looking back and listening again to our conversation from around about a year ago. It's amazing how prescient that conversation we had was. You know, you nailed so many things that were going to happen in the next period of months, and you know, we find ourselves in a completely different world to the one we've inhabited when we had that conversation. So there's so much to talk about, but I think the most sensible place to start is inflation, because at the time we had that first conversation, Team Transitory was still on the field, and 
talking very hard about how this was still transitory and you know we're going to let things run a little hot and we're going to average inflation out. We'd had all that, but you were calling for that to be proven incorrect. And obviously it has been. So as we stand in this new world today with high inflation, with the bit between their teeth, just give us a general assessment of how you see the world today versus how it was a year ago. Yeah. Well, going back to when we had that conversation, I think it was August of last year, you know, sort of unbelievably given what was going on, the the 10-year note was at 1.3% uh, when we were having that conversation. And like you said, even though inflation had already picked up, but um, but that belief that it was a it was a supply side problem and that what we talked about then was that this was more of a demand shock than a supply shock. And the demand shock was caused by the policy adopted after COVID of what we call monetary policy three, but that's the printing of money and spending that money through fiscal policy. And that creates demand without supply. That played out that you had the demand shock that wasn't, um, you know, wasn't matched by supply. And so even though it, it looks like because you see all these supply problems, but the, the main cause was such a massive surge in demand, the supply couldn't keep up with. And so then you get inflation and you start a cycle, right? You start the wage inflation cycle that's been now playing out for a while. And you've got a, a huge deal. And the Fed was so far behind. It's, it's, it was amazing for us that both the markets and the Fed all the way through last year, um, you know, we were getting what we thought all the fundamentals, right? We made money in pure alpha and stuff, but but not nearly as much as we got the fundamental conditions right. And then everything hits in the first quarter. The whole the markets start to reflect the reality. The Fed turns on a you know turns massively, and that's continued into the second quarter. And a lot of just like COVID accelerated the shift to monetary policy three, the printing and spending of money. It accelerated that shift that was going on on a secular basis. The Russia invasion of Ukraine accelerated the deglobalization, accelerated and actually did make a real serious supply shock on top of the demand shock that you that you flow into this. And all of a sudden the, the Fed's caught and now they're hyper-reacting in, in my view. They're, they finally reacted, but now they're actually hyper-reacting and misreading what's likely to go on. I think we move from that high nominal GDP inflation story to now this even more risky dynamic because you're going to, you're, we think we're right at, we're on the edge of the recession starting now, whatever, we're, we're heading to a recession in real terms and a significant one at that. Um, I'd say I'm as like sort of as confident in that as we were in the inflation call before and that the markets are not pricing that yet either, even though it seems like it because equities are down 20%, but the 20% move in equities only reflects the discount rate, right? The actual cash flow expectations, if you just take the interest rate going from 1.3 a year ago to 3% today, three a little over three today, the effect that has on a discounted cash flows is all that the price has done so far. It hasn't priced in a real decline in the cash flows, which I think is we're in it. This is coming the next six months are going to probably be about the decline in profits. The margin situation is awful in terms of the pressures. The um, demand in our view, is just about is falling off a cliff now. Be, unless you're in the sectors where there's a shortages, commodities, et cetera, that demand is is about to drop, 
And, um, and the Fed has painted themselves in such a box that they're not going to come to the rescue for a while, that they're actually creating a massive liquidity hole um, relative to asset prices. Now, it's somewhat appropriate because of everything they had done before, but, but the, um, the fact that the Fed is running off its balance sheet, selling, forcing the sale of treasuries into a market where there's nobody to buy them uh, because they're still not priced at a, at a yield that's very attractive and that people have to sell something to buy them because the main buyers who buy bonds on leverage are the banks. And the banks um, bought so many bonds last year, which was another totally crazy thing, that how many bonds banks bought last year on the basis that they viewed they, that they could maintain deposit rates under even under a 1.4 or five year for five years or something. And they're getting burned. They don't need more bonds. They need less. So it's really got to flow to the rest of the private sector that actually have to come up with cash or sell something to buy bonds. And there's just not a lot of that. So either that's going to happen, that gap's going to be filled by equities falling more or rates rising a lot more. But either way, in aggregate, asset prices are still under a, a tremendous amount of pressure as we go into a recession. And the Fed is looking in the rearview mirror and going to be um, tightening into a recession for you know the first time in a long time, and that 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 and they're going to have a hard time because inflation. While we now think from a cyclical perspective, you'll start to see inflation fall. From a secular perspective, inflation's on the rise, and so it's going to fall more gradually than the markets expect, and it's going to be a problematic thing because the Fed's going to we're going to be in a recession with the Fed having difficulty easing. So that's a lot of change um, yeah. from a, a year ago, a ton of things to talk about, but that, that's a quick overview. Absolutely. I, you know, one thing that strikes me when I listen to all that, and it's pretty much identical to how I see the world, but what I've been struck by lately as I've thought this through, and you just laid it out so beautifully there, is if you brought somebody in who kind of understood how finance works and understood markets, they don't have to understand it to a tremendous degree, but if you laid out the case you just laid out there, I'm sure their response will be, what are the Fed doing? How can they be doing what they're doing now, given the fairly obvious recessionary call we're seeing? The data is cratering, and yet it seems the Fed are out there every day. There'll be a governor somewhere reiterating, trying to jam this idea into the public conscious that they are hawkish. They're not going to pivot. They're going to keep going. You know, We had Waller out the other day talking about we're going to get to 4%. Where's the disconnect here? Because it almost feels like they're doing their damnedest to create a short, severe recession in the hope that it can be short and contained and then we can put our foot on the gas again. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, this part I didn't totally expect. I thought the Fed would handle this differently, but they, they, they lagged so far behind that when you do that, the catch-up is so risky, right? Because they're, which way are the risks skewed now? And, and what's been sort of interesting too, is watching the politics uh, change in the, that inflation, how negative the politics of inflation have been, and that now they are under incredible pressure to get, <clears throat> to get inflation down. And, um, and they're looking backwards, not forward. I think they, I think their views on growth are very different than ours, even though I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not sure why. It's a little bit like their view on transitory inflation. It doesn't seem like the cause effects and just playing it out is is in now maybe you and i'll be wrong there are things like the wages are strong and the wages are going to turn into spending to some degree but but when you add up the pieces i i, I just don't see it 
So I think that the inflation freaked them out, though, and to get inflation, if they mean anything serious about their target. The full conversation is available to subscribers to the copper and silver tiers of my website, grant-williams.com. Nothing we discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. So while we hope you find it both informative and entertaining, please do your own research or speak to a financial advisor before putting a dime of your money into these crazy markets.